0: And I was so proud of myself. Maybe my fourth sexual encounter ever, I finally did exactly what they told me to do in sex ed. I had the talk first, and I used a condom. I did it all in the right order, and I followed the rules, and I got herpes. I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three
1: times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times, and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder,
2: and I'm Karen Lee Poder.
1: My mother is a self-proclaimed sex expert and cougar,
2: and my son is a self-proclaimed stand-up comic, mime, clown, and human fountain.
1: <laughs> T- together, we talk about sex because it's not talked about enough, and by talking about it, we hope to break down some barriers and shed some light on a very an area that it's not crucial. enough people are talking about.
2: And we are making uh, a, a good laugh
1: out of a lot of these. We today we have. An awesome guest. She's a writer, and she's a porn funny. producer, a sex worker, and comedian and writer. And I already mentioned writer. She's, she's yeah. really, well, she's she has really two intelligent. degrees. She's really intelligent. Her name is Jupiter's Slut.
2: And and she answered a lot of questions that we've been getting emails about.
1: So right, your yeah. emails, your emails. And we she answered. She answered two of the biggest, the toughest topics that we've been having trouble finding people to talk about, which is how your religion can affect your sexuality and growing up in a devoutly religious background.
2: Or if you feel guilt about masturbating.
1: Right. We get into that. And also herpes. Herpes. Is <laughs> it the end of your sex top. life if you get herpes? Is it at your end of your life if you get herpes? We talk about it in this episode. She has she, herpes and yeah. she gives us the, the 101.
2: And yeah. And I think that this will help alleviate a lot of people's uh, fears and also help um get rid of the shame around her yeah. piece.
1: it and i i mean her story is unbelievable the, the, she j- j- is just coming out with a book now where she has documented What's her it
2: called monday's masturbation mondays yes
1: and yeah. you you should check it out she she documented 52 weeks every week she she masturbated and made a vlog out of it and this is someone who w- spent most of her life not masturbating
2: yeah, she was afraid that uh, God would strike her down.
1: She came out of her shell. and, and, In and Full now, throttle. And, and now she is coming on our podcast to bring us all out of her shells.
2: So we definitely would love to hear from you guys after
1: hearing this episode. Please, if you have any questions or comments related to herpes. Anything. The religion.
2: Whatever you find fascinating. Masturbation.
1: About doing porn. Doing porn. Let us know. By leaving us a voicemail at YesTextMom. mom, that's her number, and we will use your voicemails on our episode called the Morning After Show, which will come out the Monday after this airs. Also, if it's scary for you to leave a voicemail, just send us a text. You can stay anonymous, and, uh, and we'll, we'll still we'll, answer. Your we'll questions. still get. We'll get get to it. And we really like your
2: support on Patreon. Patreon is a way that you can support us. Cam's got to buy a new computer because his is full with F- fucked. <laughs> it's, it's it's
1: completely it's, fucked. It's
2: on the brink. We lost an, we, an entire episode. So if you could help us out in any way financially, go to patreon.com slash sex with my mom. Help us out, and then you can also get some exclusive content there.
1: Thank you guys for listening.
2: And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the masturbating porn star ease. Why is it always ease? I don't know why it's bees. Stay tuned. It's not Morris's slut. And it's not Venus's slut, it is
1: Jupiter's slut. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm <laughs> so excited
0: to be here. We're
1: so excited to have you. We just had to, got to see you do an awesome little lecture to Catalyst Con. This was it was a it was a wild discussion about super sluts. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Reclaiming, redefining the word. I, I thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> the audience was great. You want to tell us a little about your story? And because you mentioned it all started with a little religion. I want to start when you, you talked about your high school experiences.
2: That was great.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, high school is, a, is typically a time where we're starting to explore our sexuality and to blossom and to bloom. And even while I was still a virgin, just making out with boys who weren't necessarily my boyfriend or we weren't going steady. And the amount of pleasure I was experiencing during makeout sessions made me realize I was a slut. (laughs) I love it. And for me, that was still really shame associated because of my religious upbringing. So I started calling myself in all irony and in all earnestness, the virgin slut. (laughs) <laughs> and it made me a little scared to lose my virginity because I was like, I'm already so bad. What's gonna happen when?
1: Wait, what, what was so slutty about? You were just hooking up with a bunch of people, or no? She said making out. Oh, it, just making. It. You
0: know, w- yeah, just making out, but also, I mean, just enjoying pleasure as a woman. That's in some religious circles that that's pretty condemnable totally what what religion did you grow up with non-denominational fundamentalist born-again christian Uh oh my dad uh converted out of catholicism when i was about three um so and 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 i'm we i also lived in a very progressive town a very liberal hippie town so i was raised well enough that i could ask my dad hey dad why does god not want you to masturbate and is that part of the religion Um, well, I'm sure they don't all agree, but that was my church's, my, that's my church's thing. Yeah. And my dad said, well, it doesn't say exactly in the Bible, but I think it makes sense because love is supposed to be about giving and masturbation would make you selfish. So I pretty much rejected all of my dad's religious teachings intellectually, but what I didn't realize until I started doing this masturbation project and writing about it in particular was that I really carried the emotional message of that even while I, I intellectually rejected my religious upbringing in my late teens. I think a big part of why I didn't enjoy masturbation was because I was afraid it made me a bad person. So I really mm. genuinely didn't enjoy it. Now, sometimes I had wet dreams, but, <laughs> you know, but on the whole, I really tried to suppress that.
2: You, t- you felt guilty?
0: I didn't even want to do it. Okay. I didn't I didn't want to do it. You're I too do scared. That.
1: <laughs> yeah. That'll yeah. smoke you down. So what what is this uh project that you're discussing you're describing right now?
0: Yeah. So I um was married for fifteen years, doing um doing everything right and being the good person the the, the good trying to be the good person that I was what I the definition of what I was told was a good person. I got married. Um had a kid was monogamous and that all worked pretty well, except that I was kind of dying inside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how was was your sex with your husband? For the first 10 years, it was pretty good. Um, But when I started getting independence, when I went back and got a college degree, um, he was very threatened by me having like when I was at home full time, being just a mom and a wife, he was totally happy. We had no problems. But when I started gaining independence, our sex life fell apart and so did our marriage. Oh, wow. Um, that's how I look at it now. It's
1: pretty, it's pretty fascinating how it's, uh, the sex life is kind of, is very tied to everything that's going on in the relationship in general.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and at the time the interpretation was, well, we're getting older. I was like, well, my, we're getting older and my sex drive is going up and yours is yeah. going down. Uh, we just talked about that. Boo hoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was just an excuse. Mm. You know, um, I think sex was actually really clearly a control mechanism now that I have more perspective, but Mm. um, I think it was kind of punishment, but uh, to withhold it. But at the time I felt like I had to just, you know, I was the explanation I was being given was my body's just aging. You need to be understanding of me. Um, And so that's what I tried to do. And, but that wasn't the only thing there was, that's just representative on the physical level. The emotional level was kind of the same thing. Um, So, I thought in a 15 year marriage that I had matured sexually as a woman, but I didn't masturbate during my marriage. Cause I had thought that would kind of be insinuating that my husband wasn't satisfying me. Mm. And I also still had a lot of shame and baggage about it that I didn't have to think about. Cause I was getting laid at least for the first 10 years on enough, a regular enough basis that it wasn't on issue. And, uh, so after I got separated, I wanted to spend some time being single and finding myself, but I also have a sexual appetite and I was no longer, I was trying, I was, trying not to suppress myself in any area and start to pursue joy isn't um, it crazy though what, like if people
2: get a second like adolescence after they get divorced
0: yeah they really do yeah they really do and there's that scene with tom cruise where he's skating across the floor in his socks i felt like this business yeah i felt yeah.
2: like that let's think that. yeah okay
0: Yeah, it was it was amazing to be alone for the first time since I'd been a teenager. I got married at 21 and here I was at 37 Mm, or something. And um, and then there's also the loneliness and the heartbreak is almost like going through a death. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was manic. There was like (laughs) highs and lows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But then you realize that you can have sex and it's fun. No, I really didn't want to fall into a rebound relationship. So I made a commitment that I was not going to do that. Mm. And I decided, well, and, but then I realized I was screwed because I also didn't feel good about masturbating. Uh, so
1: there was no outlet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I realized also that this was ridiculous. Uh. You know, here I am almost 40 and I'm embarrassed to touch myself. I'm embarrassed that I'm embarrassed to touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I had already, um, I, y- my marriage had um, opened up in the last couple of years because it, it was over, but we were such good co-parents. I didn't want to end it with divorce. So I had started to come alive sexually before the divorce um, in a consensually open relationship for the last two years. Um, and I didn't want to fall into another person and lose my identity again. Um but I also knew I needed to honor that I was having a sexual awakening and I couldn't believe that even as I was starting to dabble with kink, the masturbation shame just wouldn't leave. Hmm. And I'd already started a, um, a blog. So I was already kind of right tackling these subjects. And it just came to me that I would do a once a week vlog of video diary of my masturbation practice once a week for a year and figure out you're videotaping
1: yourself masturbating.
0: Yeah. And And putting it where on my blog. Doesn't everybody? (laughs) Yeah, come on, get with the program. Yeah, I mean, this included like vibrators
2: and everything else, or just your hands.
0: I didn't own a vibrator or a dildo or any other sex toys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, by the end of the year, I had all those things at the beginning of the year. Oh, actually, one of my cutest videos is me in a carrot. Wow! (laughs) Oh, so you use different vegetables? Well, I did before if I really was craving insertion, but I didn't know how to make myself orgasm. I didn't know what made me orgasm, and. Um this is like your 21-day masturbation challenge.
1: Yeah, I did a blog where I, I would masturbate and then write about it. Yeah. After edging several times. You didn't do a video Ooh. of it though. Didn't no video. To,
0: uh, to my knowledge, the video
1: is a whole new level.
0: Um, it was really, it was
1: really fun.
0: <laughs> it was. Really, it sounds fun, actually. It it was. It was really exhilarating. And at first, it was just like me in a jar of coconut milk and my little floral nightgown in my <laughs> bed, and almost going to be like, here's the coconut oil. Um, I rub it with this hand, like that.
1: Oh my god. Um,
0: i was i really wanted to do something was that was very true i didn't want to um i didn't want to make it look like i knew more than i knew mm-hmm. i didn't want to make it look like I come faster than i come i i wanted i i, I come
1: slowly so this I, could
0: go on for like 45 minutes yeah easily
1: okay did, well, did it did, was it hurt or hurt was it more challenging <laughs> to get there when you had a camera sitting in front of you
0: no, because I am a natural born exhibitionist yeah, and the camera turned me I on. I would think that's oh, a turn wow.
1: on. I actually think w- that's a great turn Was that turn part on. of the project? Were, were you like, this might actually help if the camera's there?
0: Yes and no. So what, we've talked about those parts of like where it's always been there, but I was repressing it. So that wasn't a conscious part when I set out to do it, but through the, through the course of the project i had to i didn't identify as an exhibitionist before the project but i had to see that that was clearly and consistently a turn-on for me and that i would fantasize about who like who i would say fantasize about the lens on the camera and or who may eventually see the video footage as i masturbated that is wild Um, but I, during the last few years of my marriage, um, had started having sexual frustration, sexual frustration fantasies. And one of them was of a camera. So it's not like the seeds weren't there, but that wasn't the conscious choice at the time. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's so interesting that, that awareness that either, either someone could be watching you or in my case, I think I'm more aroused if I know someone is actually interested in me that is like. Uh, so basically, if someone expresses interest in me, it's arousing to me. That's my <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The, yeah, so like I can imagine that that's kind of implied a little bit if someone's watching you masturbate.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, if I want to get all analytical on it, I was told I made my own sexuality invisible because my ah. religious upbringing wa- made it unsafe for me to be who I am sexually. Mm. And so there's a very literal undoing of the invisibility that i submitted to in my sexuality by that camera so you would recommend this for anybody
2: that has similar because i've i've had we've had a couple people talk about their sexual um uh repression because of the religion so would you recommend that they pull out a camera and watch themselves masturbate or video themselves masturbating
0: no i recommend that people follow their joy i I have a background in photography and in performance art Uh, and I'm an exhibitionist and not all people who are religiously repressed are exhibitionists. But, um, but you can try it. And if you find out what doesn't work for you about it, if it doesn't, that can be really useful information, mm. but I would say that thing of that thing that either you're sparked that sparks your curiosity or that thing that you're most terrified of, those are the directions to go mm. to find out if that's you're going to self explore. <laughs> I love this. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Isn't it, Kim? Maybe. Well, that's when what she's
2: ha- saying. All right, it's what I learned about in yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so you, got, you run up against something that's really upsetting you or or, t- oh. or hard, and you breathe through it and you just go for it.
1: Do you? you were you freaking out the first time <laughs> you, you were about to click upload to th- oh the blog? Oh my God, yes. Maybe
0: like every single time, but yes, it's certainly worse the first time. I'd be like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I can't believe I'm going to do this. But also because I explored my kinks. So there's videos with me dressed up like a five-year-old girls. There's oh videos God. of me with ice dildos. There's videos of me in an airplane bathroom. And in, I mean, there's videos of me doing things that are really embarrassing and or could be very criticized but it's so courageous i wanted to document everything what's real and it and almost the more real it was the harder it was to upload yeah. and the more i didn't want to admit it
1: um with any art it, it it's like that
0: yeah you know what actually that's really true it's so much easier for me to play a part in somebody else's play of course <laughs> because i'm not there yeah yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm but yeah standing up and doing your own work and standing behind your own thoughts and creativity is really hard but it's especially also sexually auxiliary. like so, that well, yeah. especially
2: with what you grew up being so you know taught that it's such a bad
0: thing and then to see all the joy that it brought into the world and for myself yeah what, what did you what so, was that first yeah. orgasm like by the way <laughs> Um. Well, what was that very first one? Oh, I do think it was pretty big and juicy. I, <laughs> it the, had to be. The nice thing about it is I can refer back to the footage. <laughs> um, but after, with I've got after fifty. The footage. Yeah, I've got fifty-two of them. Um, it's so wow. So they do. Wait, you did it once a week for a year? Okay, I thought you yeah. did it every day. I was like, that sounds really daunting. That would be three hundred sixty-five. I was going through a divorce and working full time yeah. and a mom, so this was what I did. Like I would film on a Saturday at some point. I would be editing at 4 a.m. on a Monday morning for the film footage oh and uploading like this was a labor of insanity <laughs> as well as love did, did, were you concerned at all that all your kids were going to find out well, my daughter is a teenager and um <laughs> oh and sex positive. So I did to do this editing, knew I had to get a Mac because that's where you do s- that's because I had to get a Mac. That's that's what I know. I'm not tech savvy, but uh-huh. I knew that much. And of course, as soon as I got a new Mac, she was like, "Mom, I want to play on the Mac. I want to oh, play on the Mac." Oh my god. So, I guess we I, don't have to
2: ask that question at the end of this. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, also, I told her, "There's footage on here where I'm naked, both video and pictures." So you may never use my Mac.
1: Oh, wow. What <laughs> and, honesty.
0: And she said, good God, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> you know, so, so she self polices to stay far away from my computer. And, um, you know, kids don't want to walk in on their parents, whether their parents are having sex live or on video and um so just being honest was the greatest safety that i could provide for my family that's really nice yeah if i'm hiding a secret especially since i am such an open book it's such a departure from my norm it was uh, it would have been alarming to her yeah and confusing to her
1: well can you can you maybe help this listener that has written into us yes okay so this person this person was talking about how uh she was raised in a very similar non uh uh uh, similar denominational faith as this other person that we had on the show, and currently goes to a Christian college. Uh, so talking about sex is a big no-no. So I want to learn about things, but my colleagues very much so disagree. Now that I'm out of out of the religion and church, I find myself being very risky with my sexual behaviors. Is that just because I was sheltered, and has this effect? Has this had been the same effect with other people from religious backgrounds? Um, also. How do you set healthy boundaries when you go from one extreme to the other? I have no idea how to do that because I can't really talk about it with the other church people who are still majority of my friends. And then, so we have more questions after this, but maybe we can start with that.
0: Absolutely. And that's quite a bit. Um, So... From my experience, and it sounds like if she's guessing that this is her experience too, then likely from her as well. Um, oftentimes, whether it's um, sexual or otherwise, when we um, deprive ourselves of something we really want for a long time, we go and binge. When we finally have the freedom, we get drunk with freedom. Whether it's, you know, I, I didn't eat desserts for yeah. six months, the and then off the diet. store phenomena. Yeah, or you go off to college and you finally have your independence, so you spend the whole first year drunk. Um, right. Maybe you needed more independence first, um, or maybe if you didn't have the refresh, repression sexually from your religion, you wouldn't have gone kind of so crazy. And but
1: so this is normal or to be expected.
0: For me, it's part of the corrective process, but being um, aware of it and staying with the they're uh, staying with. Is this serving me? Is this what I wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Is really important because our appetites and our perspectives do change, mm-hmm. and and so staying keep, staying with them. keep checking in. Yeah, keep and checking in with you yourself. You s-
1: set healthy boundaries by just checking in with yourself.
0: Well, that's a start, and I would also check in with other people. I would start building another support network. If that could be a um, a counselor who's sex positive. Um, that would be one thing. And eventually, you are going to start needing to build friends who are comfortable with their sexuality and with yours. Mm-hmm. And that will probably naturally happen in time. Not, yeah. the, not the church colleagues.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Well, it Maybe it doesn't sound there that supportive. It is
0: actually my goal to start speaking in churches. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, because for myself, the, the sexual repression that I experienced forced me to also repress my spirituality. Oh. Because mm. it was the reason i started suppressing my sexuality is because i believed that if i was a sexual being god would hate me even when i decided to stop being a christian i still held that belief mm-hmm. and when i've started accepting my sexuality unconditionally and believing that god unconditionally loves me i mean that is a form of believing that god unconditionally loves me the- and i've my my sexual opening has brought in a resurgence of spirituality in my life and hmm. it's a really much it's a fun free-flowing kind of sexuality but it's not disconnected from my christianity because that's what i was raised in mm-hmm.
2: you think if god she, could give you a great orgasm there's something to it
1: you, you, <laughs> god loves you in a certain way in that way yeah can we move on to herpes
2: yes we need to move to herpes because cam had a little freak out the other day
1: oh i did have a freak i thought i i had a terrible staph infection across my face oh. i was convinced it was herpes and mm. then yeah it wasn't herpes but um let's I, talk about herpes why, what, why what's not? the deal with herpes He's, he, yeah, your a little secret. Yeah,
0: if it's on your mouth, you get to call it a cold sore, and then it doesn't have half the stigma. <laughs> yeah, Good but you know, it, it is still Not the same in virus. the mouth, but on the outside of the mouth. I, I well, I I'm I don't have um I don't have herpes in the in the oral area, mm-hmm. so I can't speak to it. But I've usually seen it if it's like yeah out out on the outside Does of the what lips. It
1: looks like a pimple, or what is it?
0: Um, it, it generally looks kind of like a like a blister. I've heard a lot of different statistics on it, but I think statistics aren't nearly as compelling as as maybe a little bit of story time. So I really paid attention in sex ed because I am a good girl and I listen at school and I try to do my work. And I was so proud of myself. Maybe my fourth sexual encounter ever, I finally did exactly what they told me to do in sex ed. I had the talk first and I used a condom. I did it all in the right order and I followed the rules and I got herpes. The first time. No, that wasn't my that was my first sexual encounter ever. Oh, okay. But it was no, the first has, time I did it, it all correct. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay, got <laughs> it. <laughs> it the yeah. first time I did what they told me in sex ed. Yeah. If you hadn't had
2: a talk, it would have been fine. It would yes. never have happened.
0: <laughs> okay. So what it turned out was um, that uh, this gentleman... Uh, had actually been diagnosed with herpes in, in the past, but he wouldn't tell me that because of his shame. Oh wow! And he that had, fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. And so he he uh, had gone to a second doctor to get a second opinion, and the second doctor misdiagnosed him with scabies. Oh. He then proceeded to give it to his wife, and then who became his ex wife, and then to his girlfriend who became his ex girlfriend, and then to me. Oh, no. But all of those the exes were too ashamed to tell him.
1: Oh my! And gosh. he was
0: too ashamed to it believe the first diagnosis, so he wasn't looking for symptoms. He was denying that he had an issue oh and God. didn't even tell me. He was like, "There was this one thing once, but it turned out to be nothing." That's what he said in our conversation. So we had sex once with a condom. You can get herpes yes, with a condom. you can. Yeah. Did he have an outbreak at the time? Well, I don't know because I wasn't inspecting his genitals. Yeah, people <laughs> <And> don't he- <laughs> generally do that with the lights off and everything. Yeah, and he and he he himself would have been denying any symptoms if he had any he would have looked and been like oh gee i have an irritation you know yeah. like you know I what i'm scabies saying scabies of the dick <laughs> <laughs> so i decided after go- you know, a lot of people get herpes and it's no big deal i actually um checked myself into the emergency room i was living alone in new orleans you th- poor thing several thousand so miles away from family yeah and i had a high fever i could hardly walk i had oh. no idea what was going on with me i was terrified i was sick as a dog and i was sick for weeks you know like I got it unusually bad. Yeah. I got like f- really bad flu symptoms kind of thing. Wow. It's Cause it is a virus. It is. And, and a lot of people don't even notice. Um, but I was mortified. I was scared. I was terrified. Um, and, of course, it was a New Orleans charity hospital, so they stuck me in triage, and I sat there all day long and then went home. <laughs> yeah, really, oh, compared man. to the rest of the
2: people. You are nothing, girl. <laughs> yeah, but I was just a These
0: little These people eight- are getting murdered in the streets. Yeah. I was an 18-year-old without insurance and nowhere else to go. So eventually, I found a clinic instead, and the clinic um, diagnosed me and just basically was said... It vaginal? Yeah. 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 Um, but while I have vaginal herpes, it will show up anywhere from my ass. Anywhere. The down entire down. lower quadrant. Yeah, and, and it lives in the ganglia. And at first, the first year, I would get a new outbreak before the old one was. Um healed i was in a great deal of pain i definitely had one of the worst but that made me take it really seriously like, i didn't want to ever give this away mm-hmm. to anyone yeah. else yeah and that was part of why i got married because i was like this is serious if i could give this to somebody else there has to be a real commitment and a real reason to even take that risk um so that really ended my f- my uh my wild oats days hmm. but since then wait and so your hu- you told your husband
2: i have that re- that before you're before you got married, when you first started having sex with your, your then husband, you said, I have herpes. And he said, Okay, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, that was nice
0: of him. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying, yeah. he's like, there's problematic parts of every relationship. Um, but like, he is doing his best to be so a good you're, human being. So you just were so careful when you had outbreaks. Absolutely. And then, of course, we are married for 15 years. So he was kind of like, ah, I'm probably going to get it anyway. So sometimes we weren't so careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was ter- I was terrified of giving birth and that like you know my daughter would oh, g- yeah. get, have a problem because apparently kids could get it in their eyes my my midwives were like yeah that could happen but it doesn't you're going to be fine you're going to have the baby mm. vaginally stop worrying but of course you know we all tend to go to that worst case scenario place and freak out and stress brings on herpes sometimes too the sure, outbreak, it, yeah. sure mm-hmm. it does but now um, within a few years I started just having like one or two outbreaks a year and it's really not a big deal and they got good medications for it now too right? Valtrex or whatever that's called They do, although I have bad reactions to those. Uh So I still just go the old-fashioned way, which is I'll get over it quite soon. Mm. And they're also much smaller than they used to be. But to me, the physical of it is nothing compared to the emotional Mm. social stigma and the shame. And what shocked me is, oh, okay, I got married for 15 years. I didn't have to deal with it. But when I went back out into the dating scene, Mm. holy guacamole, I had to, to deal with having herpes again. Yeah. And uh, that was a little hard for me, but what really broke my heart was what I heard from other people. When the other people who were herpes positive, when I would share that I was herpes positive, the relief I would see, but then also the stories they would tell me of how unsuccessfully they were navigating it, mm. how much shame they were still holding around. But I had decided early on that shame was a vector for the disease. I, I didn't have to get herpes if any of those people hadn't been so ashamed to deny mm. it. Yeah. I would have had... I would have had the opportunity to say, "Well, let's be careful." Yeah. Um so I decided I wasn't going to be ashamed of it. So I I told my friends, I told my parent, my mom, I told my husband, he told her sister. Like I tried to make a a, a commitment to being out about it mm-hmm. within within my little social network. And um but then when you go back onto the dating scene, it's tough. So what I did was I just basically wrote up a short version of the exact story I just told you. Hey, when I was nineteen, what this thing you, happened to you me? You had it on a piece of paper and you handed to them? No, no, in email, <laughs> email, this email. Is yeah, so if I Tinder or OK Cupid or something, I would not want to waste time with somebody yeah, who this was a no out, for. Right? Why go out to lunch with somebody who this is a hard no for? So I'd yeah. send them. I'm a writer. I'd send them a very nice written story, and a lot of times people be like, "Okay, okay cool, let's or, go for lunch." Or guess what? Uh, I got it too, so we're a match. Yeah, yeah. And there was only <laughs> swipe right, baby. I think there was only twice where somebody Freaked said, out. yeah and the craziest thing it, it was like some people like heavy hard hitting swingers who like to have a lot of sex like blindfolded without even knowing who they were having sex with I'm like you've had sex with so many people with herpes <laughs> <laughs> and worse <laughs>
1: and you're worried about
0: me yeah so was so very conscientious th- about for what them I'm- ignorance felt safe wow. it's not But that's all it felt.
1: So is it pretty, I mean, are you able to have sex with people without much risk at this point?
0: Yeah, I feel that way because um, we'd kind of assumed that my ex-husband would have gotten it. uh, Because we weren't always that careful and we never used protection after we got Mm -hmm. married. Um, But he got his blood work done after our divorce and he said, wow, shocker. My blood no work herpes. is clear. Yeah. No wow. herpes. I just thought I'd given it to him, but he was one of those lucky people who didn't express. Hmm. Um, and since then, I've had a few long-term lovers who I didn't use condoms with, and I didn't pass it to any of them either. And you
1: were you having sex when you had um, an outbreak or an no? Ad- that's okay. the reason yeah. that I didn't so pass that's it on. The key. So
0: if I feel any tingling, and sometimes even if I have a pimple or a, just a weird little bump or a little annoyance or something, I go, "Well, if it could be herpes, I'm just going to yeah. do something." Yeah, when in else. doubt, don't do it. Exactly. Um, and so sometimes I've not had. Then it turned out it wasn't herpes but i'm a play it safe kind of girl and mm-hmm. also i mean just respect and love for the other person i don't want anybody to have the pain and inconvenience i've had
2: yeah you know my friend had i had two friends one who has it currently and never after like a five or six year old long-term committed relationship has still never told her boyfriend that she has it and the other one was on uh, dating some guy and he just they said they want to do unprotected sex he's he showed he said he's totally clean and then she then he admits one time when they're having sex that he he was married to someone who had herpes and uh he just said, Well, in twelve years I never had an outbreak, so I don't feel like I had herpes. But
0: he did have herpes. <laughs> he had herpes. He had an outbreak. Oh. Yeah. So this is this is exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. where shame is the vector for the disease. Yeah. So I um yes, I met someone who said who, who could talk to me about herpes because I came out to her mm-hmm. and said, I have herpes and then she said well I'd gotten herpes from another woman and she often dates people for months without ever telling them and yeah. she just makes excuses to keep her underwear uh, on and do other yeah. alternate activities and to me I'm not in the mood you're causing yourself so much pain and grief <sighs> but so you're causing yourself so much anxiety and potential while you're getting invested in this person the more you're invested you're getting mm-hmm. the more painful That's and the true. stakes are yeah. getting higher on the potential rejections and also that person you're, you're with reason that person has more and more reason to be angry with you say. for not building the trust with them. So I often do it, yeah, before I even meet. Now, I've also gotten so normalized to it now, and I also have had a a, a lot more partners and quicker succession. I sometimes start to forget to tell people Mm. (laughs) like, if I've already told you, I do porn and I forget forget to talk like I'm like, I forget to tell you about herpes or sometimes I have a lot of times, (laughs) a lot of times men get so excited to have sex. They don't even think to have the safe sex talks. And I say, we have to have the safe sex talks and it's hard to, or maybe they assume because you do porn that you're going to be
2: safe about whatever diseases that you might be carrying because it's porn.
0: No, no, that's too, that's giving them too much credit. Okay.
1: <laughs> but, um, is it, is it better to have the talk outside of the bedroom or? In, absolutely. In your absolutely. They
2: may
0: make a hasty decision based on the fact that you're just horny absolutely but also sometimes you end up in the bedroom before or when you were expecting not expecting to so i've gone on dates or something where it was going to be strictly platonic and then all of a sudden it wasn't and i was mm-hmm. kind of like no no it has to stay platonic because we haven't had the talk or whatever mm-hmm. and one time when that came into the case this was the time with a male who was like oh awesome i have herpes too and i and then i got that well when were you going to tell me because you were just yeah, trying really, to seduce really. me holy shit so when were you going to tell me Ooh. um but on the other hand great i'm so glad that 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 we that we both Could uh, talk don't about have it. to worry yeah. about it and, it, and get to, it's yeah. you
1: know it's the same but same strand or it doesn't or strain um going?
0: i believe that we both we talked about the strains so there's hv1 and there's hv2 and they used to say one heavily favored the mouth and the other heavily favored the genitals i think now there's, there's some go, questioning yeah. of that but um i'm not i am an entertainer more than an I'm not a sex educator, except mm-hmm. that through entertainment, you know, people go to porn for information. So right. I, I own that, but enter, but entertainment and self-seeking is, it's my primary thing. And I just happen to have some knowledge to share, right, so right, not, right. not a herpes expert, but I live with it. And I want to share that, um, the more that you can give people a chance to accept you and Whatever you perceive of as your faults or your downsides, the happier human being you're going to be.
2: Mm-hmm. Wise, do, wise thing to say. I
1: love it. Do you, okay, so w- for, we had a listener who asked us what, it, first of all, is her life, is her sex life now over because she has no. herpes? You <laughs> know,
0: her sex life is not over at all.
1: Okay. And two, uh, you know, how do you, do you, you have these discussions basically like you i mean you have a lot of confidence to write up something and give it to someone but like sh- she you know when do you have this discussion i well, mean she for said you it's early on do but it like
2: before any act occurs yeah
1: but i, I still i think
2: it's you want to so you want to set time and date i don't know it, it you want to like, immediately after you i don't
1: have, know if i hello my name is I've, I've, I've cam and i have a yet <laughs> about yeah
0: So I I think it's absolutely essential that it be before there's any genital-to-genital contact or um, genital-to-membranous surface. So I... I, I'm not going to think it's a big deal if a guy fingers me um, and piercing? I didn't get a chance to it yet well no because my mouth has nothing to do with it okay. so um, it, it it's, it's lives in the ganglia um, What the, the, this, the virus just because I'm an idiot I don't even know what the ganglia means it's a part of the um, central nervous system oh, okay. so the the nerve endings that go to the vaginal and ass area uh, have th- they travel up and down those neural pathways and they live at the spine that is associated with that I mean that was really bumbling, non-scientific But thing. it has
2: nothing to do with the mouth then?
0: Nothing at all. That's so I... If I had it orally, it would go to the parts of the nervous system that are connected to my mouth and go live in the ganglia part of the nervous system ah. near my spine that correlated here. So I would have a pathway here where the virus went into hibernate wow. and, then, oh. and then came out and expressed. So
2: everything would be in the upper, above the neck. Yeah. So you,
0: thing. so if you're kissing somebody who has genital herpes, you're not going to get oral herpes. Mm. If you're going down on them with your mouth to their genitals, you might get oral herpes from genital herpes.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so y- y- you said if you're getting fingered, it's not as big a deal.
0: To me, it's not because you, there's no membranous here
1: on mm. your hands, right?
0: Yeah, and and it and it has to have a you have to have a a membrane for the virus to enter the body I see. or an or open sore. But I think it builds trust to not get intimate with someone until you've told them mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it makes them feel safer and trust you more yeah is there like a phrase
1: they use to make it like simpler for them to understand yeah, I have herpes works good <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good <laughs> phrase
0: but you know that's a really scary thing to say so the way I softened it is to tell my story uh-huh when I was 19 I was trying you know so yeah, what's yeah. your story hey I didn't know you could get it from another girl I didn't know I need to have sex to safe sex talks with another girl. I didn't know girls could get, or women could mm-hmm. get um, herpes from each other. And I learned the hard way. Now mm-hmm. I have it. This is what I do about it. This is how I respect myself and my lovers or whatever. Do you
1: have anything that you'd like to plug? Well, the
2: book, I think you asked the question, but we really didn't get to, is the book
0: a combination of all these different chapters? or? So that, Yeah. So I um, thought that I was going to do a lot of, the growth from filming, which I did, I, I set out to shed my shame around sexuality, um, which I did uh, a lot of through filming, but it was always intended as research for a book because I have been a writer my whole life, MFA in creative writing. And um, by, when I went through the process of writing the book, Masturbation Monday, Love I, the name. A shameless experiment in self-love. The self-love part really came in through the writing. It was a hundred times harder to write the book than it was to do the filming. Oh, wow. That shocked the hell out of me because I really had to process and talk about why I did what I did, even at the point of public censure. Do your parents know? My mother is a huge supporter. She read all my first emails. Um, My father and I talk, but we don't talk of things of substance. So he might know... (laughs) Well, it's just true. Um, He might know because it could be that someone in the family noticed and told him. But uh, because I am out on Facebook, I'm out to all my close family and friends. Oh, your dad knows. He he claimed to not know I was going through a divorce even two years after. So even if he knows, he might be denying it. And I just don't see the point of spending my time trying to decide whether he's lying to me or not. Because that's just giving him more of my energy and Mm -hmm. giving away more of my momentum and fuel. So I'm just trying to...
1: i'm out i love it and free so how do people find your stuff so
0: um dot com, <laughs> and well. uh, pretty soon masturbation monday.com so I'm, I'm moving that that year-long project that was the the video blog is going to move to masturbationmonday.com. so that always is there and my website is becoming a little more reflective of me as writer comedian accidental porn star <laughs>
1: I love it. I, I love it, too. This thank you fabulous. so much for coming on the show. Thank
0: you for having me. It's such a delight to meet you both and amazing work that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. Any, anything that has to do with sh- shedding shame, I'm all for it. But thank have you. you ever walked in on your mother or father having sex or vice versa? Uh, no. I th- I did one time find a picture of my mom swimming in a, na- in a lake naked, and I found a picture of my ex stepfather um naked on a uh he was an electrician so he was sitting in the like electrician's basket on an electric pole and i felt quite scandalized and scared by both of those but i don't think <laughs> it's because sexuality is <laughs> always scary to kids but because that was really scary in tandem with the spirituality shame yeah the shame i right, learned right. from religion well yes that's all our, our guests and so
2: it's how close every interview. You, you had to say
0: yeah yeah no i haven't um, but my parents divorced when I was three okay. and, um, and I don't think that my ex-husband and I were ever walked in on, not as far as I know.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, yeah, Jupiter. Really. Thank you. Jupiter, but now I awesome. want to ask you guys, did you ever do? walk
0: in on your mom when she was having sex?
1: No. Although she y- claims she, that he I did. did. He doesn't remember. Yeah. I was yeah, that I, little.
2: I, you weren't that little. You're just that naive
1: what the hell <laughs> you were like
2: in your, your high school how little could you have been
1: I don't remember this at all
2: uh, he walked what? in and I'm like oh uh, your dad goes uh, we're sleeping and you're like yeah right dad and you went back to your room and you don't you repressed so you're, this I must have
1: yeah. repressed who know? I and probably have a I lot of and your wanted to repressed. keep going
2: I'm like what are you crazy <laughs> you definitely put a definite <laughs> cock block on our <laughs> whatever <laughs> was going on but yeah
1: he, um, he, a cock, I'm a, he's, he's a, a cock, cock block to
0: my mom my daughter may well then have walked she in on us have. because there's definitely times i remember stopping and pretending we weren't having sex but we had like heard the foot the foot you know the footsteps coming so we're like cover up <laughs> lay still right but that's i was envisioning like opening the door yeah. and getting a full monty um <laughs> so that's dumb. really funny okay. that's really funny well thank, thank you, you. So thank
2: much. you this has been awesome talk okay. to you
0: soon keep in touch